Hi, it's Corey Chambers in Los Angeles. Your home sold guaranteed or I'll buy it. First of all, Happy New Year for those that are listening at the beginning of 2020. I hope it's your most prosperous year ever. For me, I think it has a good chance of being just that. Uh, But it also has a chance of being uh, the toughest year. And uh, so I'll tell you why. So this year, it's uh, we're gonna right now we're gonna talk about how to take advantage of the situation of 2020. One of the most likely things to happen, since I have a pretty good track record of predicting, calling markets, and by pretty good track record, I'm, I just mean that I'm not as bad as the average human at predicting things like that. So, um, economics, I'm going to practice more than ever putting the drama into economics because economics is a dismal science. It's very, it's actually depressing. Like when I talk to home buyers about economics, that's the best way to get them to not buy is by discussing economics. Whereas sellers, sellers, it's likely to kind of encourage them to to want to sell. But 2020, so we're talking about this year of the potential for some really uh, big upsides, big upsides, and big downsides of this year. Because we are running up what a lot of economists and business people believe is really increasing chances of having a major recession, a major uh, stock market crash, a major real estate crash, and so forth. But we also have uh, about a 49% chance of having a continued uh, sort of Trump boom in the economy, or you don't have to allocate that to... uh, Trump, you could just say uh, a continuing boom in the economy. So how do we decide which? We're really not going to know. We're not going to know exactly when and how because we could have a uh, a boom this year. I mean, I'm sorry, a bust, a recession, a huge stock market crash this year in 2020. Or it could take another uh, three years. Or we don't know. It could be something very different from that. So the trick is to be ready for either one. To be able to make the most out of a booming economy. And make the most out of a recessionary economy. So one thing that I've learned just in the past five or six years is when things are booming you've passed you have to be preparing yourself for when things are not booming uh, so you do that by one thing that I've learned is that one of the worst things that, that can happen to you financially is not just a sudden crash or got getting fired from your job or sudden recession or something like that but but a slow downturn that keeps getting worse and worse for 
a number of years because that just takes everything that you have and then it ends up just all going away. All of your resources, your, your net worth and so forth. And so we'll talk about how to prevent that, how to reverse it, how to make things do just the opposite, uh, even in a downturn, so that not only do you not get devastated, because we face, according to my calculations, we, we run a risk just based on what Japan has done, what the United States, what Europe has done in the past uh, 10 years, uh, which is, or more than that, even since 19, 1980s, uh, Japan has shown us uh, how to create a, an economy that just stagnates and stagnates and stagnates. And so, unfortunately, Europe and the United States are both following that model of stagnation. So that's why the United States could face 10, 20, 30 years of stagnation. And this is coming from someone who's not a perma bear, from someone who's not always uh, giving all these uh, negative predictions because I'm a more of an upbeat, I'm a bit more of a perma bull. So when I mentioned that things could stagnate in the United States for 10, 20, 30 years, um, that's pretty serious. Do I think it's likely? Um, I think we've got about a 50-50 shot. We've got about a 50% chance of having that long-time uh, stagnation. And so, whether it's short or long-term uh, stagnation or recession, we need to have a plan to, to overcome it or to even benefit from it financially. And so, what I was saying is that the biggest lesson that I've learned is one thing that I did that was very smart, that a lot of people were not able to or failed to, which was to buy a Bitcoin and make a profit off of the Bitcoin, uh, a pretty um, substantial amount that I bought because I had a really good, unique understanding of Bitcoin that most people don't have. Uh, I'm sort of born and made for Bitcoin because of my background and my experience. Because uh, Bitcoin is several things that most people don't really have much connection to. Number one is economics. Most people hardly understand economics. They haven't taken a lot of economics classes. They don't. They don't know. Most people don't know what is you know that it's all about supply and demand. And then anytime you deviate from supply and demand, you're generally you're deviating from reality here. Uh, when it comes to money and economics. So anytime the government or individuals or companies deviate from supply and demand, they're usually off on the wrong road. Uh, and it's usually, they're either going to have to come back to putting supply and demand first or they're going to um, be paying a lot of, uh, paying a lot uh, for that for that mistake. That's why communism, socialism always does so poorly. 
is because if they just throw that <laughs> rule number one right out the window. <laughs> uh, whereas capitalists and free enterprise do much better financially, a lot more wealth for everybody because that's what um, they follow uh, that rule of supply and demand uh, much better than, than, uh, than the capitalist socialist countries. So <clears throat> economics. So Bitcoin is, has a lot to do with economics. It was, it was created to, to compensate and to make up for some of the mistakes that governments mis- uh, make when it comes to money. Because governments don't... I mean, they have political considerations that, that come first. Sometimes short-term political considerations or, you know, short- and medium-term. Uh, whereas... Um, the law of nature, the laws of economics says you got to put, you always have to put supply and demand first. Otherwise, you're going to have less money, less resources, more poverty, and more economic problems. So Bitcoin saw that one of the problems is that they come uh, countries more than more often. By the way, n- no country in history has ever had dollars last excuse me, has never had their fiat currency issued by the country, the government. Uh, It's never lasted more than about uh, 75 to 150 years. And so the United States is now running up against that uh, pretty soon, that uh, 150 years. And it's... um, We know we're running into problems because the, the United States is sort of following... China, not nearly as bad as China, but the United States is starting to lie about the money. And the way it's lying about the money is easy to see. You don't, it doesn't take any conspiracy. By the way, I'm, I'm writing a book very slowly called No Conspiracy Required, because there's a lot of things that just happen automatically, like bureaucracies grow automatically, governments grow automatically. Um, the, and then the power um, and corruption grows automatically. So governments in their black helicopters, when they finally come for you, uh, it sounds like a crazy conspiracy theory, but that trend, not that that's going to happen anytime soon, but that sort of trend does happen unless you are actively preventing it. Unless the people are actively preventing government to grow out of control that way in power, uh, it, it does happen. So... Uh, freedom, democracy, they um, require constant, not only from the military, but also they require constant vigilance from all citizens, from every, from every citizen. So um, that's part of what uh, Bitcoin is. And so economics, I mentioned economics and politics, and that's just one other thing. Uh, the other thing, and also libertarians, people who do like freedom, tend to uh, like Bitcoin. The people who created Bitcoin are people who like freedom uh, because Bitcoin actually eliminates <coughs> government and banks from money. So that's uh, a key, not, that's. For a lot of people, that's the number one 
issue. That's the number one benefit. Of course, the government will say that's the number one problem with with Bitcoin and blockchain and the individual and people who created it, people who like it and use it for uh, many of them. And that's the number one reason to like uh, Bitcoin and other blockchain cryptocurrencies is because when you're doing a private transaction uh, from like Joe and Mary or buying something from each other, uh, <coughs> they have the right in the United States to have that transaction actually private. In other words, we can't have the United States starting to mandate that everybody use credit cards for everything or some other government-tracked card that the government can just look up the details whenever they feel like it on your private transaction, uh, your transaction that is private and legal. Americans have the right to legal private transactions. So... Uh, when you're spending dollars, you can kind of get a private transaction, pretty much. Uh, that's what happens every day. Um, but the government would like to, I think, in the future, wants people to pay more and more taxes on more and more things and more and more services. So, because that's where the pressure is. No conspiracy required. Governments just want, you know, they naturally grow. The bureaucracy grows. People who work for the government, they usually think they're doing a swell job. And they usually are. It's just, uh, it's just that a smaller, leaner government does a, does a better job, a lot more value that they're giving if they're, not, if they're taking less money and getting more important things done. That's giving more value. If the government's taking more money and getting less good stuff done and getting more bad stuff done, that's a less value. So that's what um, Bitcoin... The reason why I'm covering all these, and then we're going to get back to our original topic of 2020. I just want to mention things that I, that I have uh, learned that are getting us to this point. And Bitcoin is going to be more important than ever before in 2020. And beyond. So, anyone who hasn't started uh, learning about it, experimenting using Bitcoin, is going to probably learn this year, or eventually, that they're going to uh, that they made a, a mistake, uh, or that they, you know, probably would be better off financially if they were uh, learning. A little bit about how that works. Just like the people who learned about the internet in 1990, 1995, including myself, that have a lot of advantages over other people that are don't really know how to put the internet to full use. Um, the internet is one of the things that has allowed me to do work that I enjoy, enjoyable work. Uh, as my own boss. And then uh, blockchain, Bitcoin, is the internet of money. So I'm going to finish. I'm going up a hill here, walking my dog, as I usually am. So other things about Bitcoin. I mentioned libertarian, economics, privacy, supply and demand, uh, and uh, politics. It's also... 
uh, it's a it's a payment system. Bitcoin is a payment system for electronic payments. And it just so happens that I have experience in banking uh, and payment systems. Also, being an Air Force information systems person, I have a background in some of the technology. And being someone who was taught how to program computers at age 12 in the 1970s, I have uh, that really practical knowledge and experience of what Bitcoin really is. So you have people calling Bitcoin like a pyramid or a bubble. Most of those people don't have the faintest clue (laughs) of what it is really used for. What is the value? How was it created? How does it work and how, how is it used? So it's, it's, you know, computer and internet-based technology is what it is that allows for payments without the government and, uh, government and uh, uh, banks to get involved. Come on. So, uh, oh, there they are, come here. Whoopi sees some of his uh, puppy friends over here. There's your puppy friends. There's your puppy friends. Okay, play with your puppy friends. Uh, so, that's pretty much uh, Bitcoin and blockchain. Hello. Oh, are you friends now? <laughs> I think they're getting used to each other. Okay, my little chihuahua mix is very feisty and he enjoys attacking a Doberman Pinscher. But the Doberman Pinscher is already twice his size and growing. So, uh... Doberman is getting less scared and they're both getting more friendly to each other. Nice good doggies. You're getting nicer. So, uh, we're going to continue this conversation in the next uh, episode because we're getting into a long conversation here about lots of things. 2020 is a big year. And so we're going to continue it in the next episode. Corey Chambers, Los Angeles, your home sold guaranteed or I'll buy it. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again very soon. Bye-bye.